Well, good morning, friends, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Kelly S. That's with an E-Y in case you're looking for me. And I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Tulsa, Oklahoma, surviving the storms. Today is Thursday, May 23rd, 2019. Today we're reading from the big book, and we are at page 28, first paragraph that says, Here was the terrible dilemma. We're reading through two paragraphs ending with a design for living that really works, commenting on both. So our reader today for the 12 steps, Mary Agnes Y, 12 Traditions, Elaine H, readers of the text, Leon B, Kat C, and Martha Z. And our newcomer greeter today is Elena A.M., and our second hour host is Jen A. So the reference numbers for Wednesday, yesterday, 522, for the 7 a.m. Eastern Time, 12939. 12939. And the 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 12941. 12941. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, quote, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers, end quote. At a vision for you big book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. So I will now ask Mary Agnes Y to read the 12 steps. Good morning, Mary Agnes. Press star one. Can't hear you. Um, Mary Agnes Y. from Michigan, The Twelve Steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, Admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10. Continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters 
and to practice these principles in all our affairs. I pass. Thank you so much, Mary Agnes. Uh, next, we will have Elaine H. Read the 12 Traditions. Good morning, Elaine. Good morning, Kelly. Um, the 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for a group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself. In our group conscience, our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is the desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, less problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OAs, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you so much, Elaine. Okay, so how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we're discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our absence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There's no absence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We're sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. So to share, you're going to press star 1 to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then you need to press star 1 to mute your phone again. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. So today we are in the big book, in case you didn't know that, page 28, first paragraph with here was the terrible dilemma. We're going to read through two paragraphs ending with a design for living that really works and commenting on both paragraphs. So, Leon B., will you get us started? Hey, Leon, press star one. Talking to myself. Can you hear me now? <laughs> I can. Here was the good morning. This is Leon B. Recovered compulsive overeater from Simpsonville, South Carolina. Here was the terrible dilemma in which our friend found himself when he had the extraordinary experience, which is which, as we have already told you, made him a free man. We, in our turn, sought the same escape with all the desperation of drowning men. What seemed at first a flimsy reed has proved to be the loving 
and powerful hand of God. A new life has been given us, or if you prefer, a design for living that really works. You know, I found myself like Roland, a just good church member, and, you know, but I had no Dr. Young to tell me that my religious convictions um, were good, but wouldn't spill the necessary vital spiritual experience. You know, I knew that my being a good church member was not working for me. You know, trial and error wasn't working, calling out to God, you know, that was not working. And, and like Roland, I was desperate for help. And when I hit these rooms again, I was ready to do whatever it took to get back my life. I like this um, illustration of this drowning men, the desperation of drowning men just reaching out for something, for something. You know. And when I came back to these rooms, I said, whatever it takes, I'm going to do these steps. And um, I often tell the story when I came back and um, I was going through a lot back, gaining weight back so rapidly and I hadn't been in OA for years, and as a matter of fact, I had, I had completely forgotten about OA until I ac- accidentally fell asleep, and somehow a podcast came on and from LA, from the LA group, and um, I listened to it, and, and I said, man, I forgot about OA. Let me go back, and when I walked through those rooms, I heard those people telling my story, and I didn't even stay for the entire meeting because I knew that to, I had to give this a chance, and um, and ever since I've been back, you know, it's been, man, this new desire for living. I had tried everything, everything that was was trying to give me a new design for losing weight, every pro, every diet program. Um, I would have some initial success, but none of it was lasting. I couldn't stick to it. The allergy of the body, the obsession of the mind, I had no clue about. And I didn't know why I could not follow these programs, these weight loss programs I could only do it for a short amount of time but when I came back to the rooms and finally gave the 12 steps a chance oh my god this design for living this morning while I'm doing my 11 step making my connection my conscious connection with God and praying with him and and meditating and I just planned out my my day and just asked God to to bless it and to watch over me when these past feelings of anxiety and agitation pop up now i'm not doing it perfectly but this pause this asking god for the for the next right thought the next right action i would have never done this before that's this new new design of living you know taking accountability for my selfishness always looking to serve others this new design of living has just I can't. I, I wish. I wish it was Thanksgiving again, so I can tell of what the blessings that have come my way as a side effect of, of working this, of working this program. Um, and I would say to anyone out there, this new design of living, give it a chance. Like like Roland, like myself, desperately seeking for some help. Reach out. Give this program a chance. Um, I can share so much more, but I know my time is is coming up. But I, I thank you for this opportunity to serve on this line and to and to share with you this morning. Thanks. Perfect timing, Leon B. So Leon read uh, page 28, first paragraph. Um, here was a terrible dilemma. Read through two paragraphs, ending with a design for a living that really works. If you have not shared in the last couple days, um, give me your first name with last initial. Nancy H. Katie G from Boston. Kim G. Kim G. Nancy P. Was there a Nancy H. also? Yes. Okay, so I got Nancy P. I got here's who I have. Tina S. 
Martinez. Let's stop there. So I have Nancy H, Katie G, Kim G, Nancy P, Lynn S, and Tina S. So if you guys can press star one to mute your phone, and we'll get started with Nancy H followed by Katie G. Good morning, Nancy. Good morning, everyone. This is Nancy H from Massachusetts, a grateful recovered compulsive overreader. Uh, when I read this, I realized that what I've had I've had a problem with is um, making sure that I check with God and I pause after every incident and I forget, you know, sometimes I forget where God is. So my sponsor has been trying to kind of drill it into me, which is wonderful, that um, I do have a design for living and that I don't need to um, do this by myself. So what I did was I put a, a note in my phone, a reminder, every hour of the day. I started this last night, actually, and I thought it was a great idea. And I, it says, where is God in all of this, on every one of those reminders. And so I am uh, grasping this with the desperation of a drowning woman because I know that I've been through too much um, hell, actually, to uh, not, not grab a hold of this design that really works. And so I do have a new life that's been given me, and what I'm practicing now is to make sure that I take that pause and that I bring God into every single thing. I have, uh, my sponsor says quite often, and where was God in all of this? And she brings me back to where I belong because for me, if there's no God in all of it, it's not going to work. And I've been uh, doing my own will. I got really nervous a few days ago because I wasn't trusting God and I was afraid that I was going to start eating again. And it's been about five five and a half months or so, and I don't want to go back to that hell. I remember what it was like laying on the couch and 24-7 uh, eating, and it was not a life. It was not a – I had the design for living, but I was ignoring it, and I don't ever want to do that again. So I was in a terrible dilemma, and I did uh, – I didn't do anything, really. God brought me out of the depths of hell, and I finally have – uh, come to that point where I'm willing to say, where is God in all of this? And I'm willing every hour to, to think back to whether I've been holding God in my hand. You know, God's been, I know God's been holding me in his hand. I just don't know if I've been there or if I've shut the door on him. So when I take my will back, now I hope to recognize that that's what's happening to me and that I go right back to my higher power because I do have a design for living and it, and it works. And I'm working all the steps every day and I'm taking my quiet time, and the only thing that isn't that seems to be lacking at the moment is that um, pause. So for today, I'm going to take the pause, and it says um, there are a couple things it stands for. Please assist until serenity enters, and pray, um, something like pray and look for spiritual energy. So I'm looking for the spiritual energy today one day at a time, and I'm grateful to have shared. Thank you. Thank you so much, Nancy H. Appreciate your share. Next up, Katie G., followed by Kim G. Good morning, Katie. Kelly S., good morning. Good morning, friends. Katie G., recovered in Boston. I haven't had the privilege of drowning before, um, but I imagine if I were in the ocean drowning, I and the lifeboat came to me. I wouldn't say, hey, what kind of lifeboat is this? Who was it designed by? Like, do you recall who your supervisor is? I wouldn't interview them, right? And when I finally, thank you, God, surrendered to a woman in whom the problem had been solved, I just said, help me. 
tell me what to do because KDG's plans were done, done. I, I couldn't do it anymore. Um, and, and, and all I knew was that what I was doing was not working fundamentally. I had no, my design for living was food and selfishness, right? Like fear, food and selfishness. Let's add that, right? Because all my feelings are, all my negative feelings are inspired by fear. And, um, and I love that this says a design for living. Now, notice that it says it's not a design for not drinking. It's not a design for not eating. It's a design for living. Now, what is living? Living is to function, be active, be alive, be working. When I came into this room, I was not living. I was, I was dead to the world. My life had gotten so small that all I cared about was food. And in this program, before I had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, my life was so small, I needed someone to, 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 to fill me up and tell me what religion I needed and, and what solution I needed to get what I want. I have to tell you, I am astonished. This big book, thank you, God, has a, a design, a plan, a purpose, a blueprint for me. Because, And guess what? It babysits me 24-7. And guess what? I need that. I mean, I remember being little and being like, how do people do their day? What do they do in the morning? I have no idea. And praise God, this book starts when? When we retire at night. I constructively review my day. Right? I do my written step 11. I pray. I meditate. I be Overeaters Anonymous. I be this big book. I get up in the morning, pray, meditate, talk to the sponsor, the sponsees, get on this meeting, get to hear all of your voices. I get to weigh and measure my food. I get to stay absent. I get to work the steps. It babysits me through the day. And let me tell you, if you think that the thing in your life is so hard, yep, it is. It is. But if you want to know how to get through this thing, get through the work. Get abstinent because I am astonished, and I have 17 seconds left. I can't tell you the things that I have walked through. But I promise you, if you have that, that cross on your heart today, someone else on this line is recovered, and they've walked through it too. And we have a design for living to stay abstinent and carry this message that God is possible and we don't have to suffer from this disease, and we can live in a functional, active way. Thank you for your service, Kelly. With that, I pass. Perfect timing. Wrap that right up. Thanks, KG. Next up, Kim G, followed by Nancy P. Good morning, Kim. Good morning, Kelly. Good morning, everyone. My name is Kim G, a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. And, uh, you know, we often open, oh, I love this. This flimsy read proved to be a loving and powerful hand to God. You know, we often say welcome to the newcomers, but I, I personally like to say welcome to the still suffering. Um, there's 361 people on the line right before I started speaking, and I'm sure in my experience going to any OA room, the largest percentage of that 361 is still suffering. Whether this is your first meeting, whether maybe you've been listening to this meeting for a year, and or you're like me, that you are in the rooms, in and out of the rooms for decades, still continuing to suffer. You know, personally for me, I was South Jersey in a group chair. I was on the Region 7 board. But 17 years into OA, I was in a five-year relapse, and I knew these steps wouldn't work for me. And I talked to someone about the fact of all my experience in OA, and this, these steps don't work. And that person confronted me and said, you know, how arrogant are you that this 12-step program has worked for drug addicts, alcoholics, sex addicts, food addicts, and you think you're so goddamn special, it's not going to work for you? And I was really 
taken back by that. And an AA speaker I love says, it's not what we don't know that will kill us, but what we know for sure that isn't true that will kill us. So I had to look at my own prejudices about what this 12-step program was about. And this line, to me, was one of my stumbling blocks. Because the flimsy reed has proved to be the loving and powerful hand of God. The flimsy reed is step two. The loving and powerful God is step 11. How is that proven? By the steps in between. And I had to look at my prejudices. See, I thought step two was I had to believe in a God right now. I had to go back to my childhood religion. And if that was true, that at step two I could believe in a God, honestly, it would be a two-step program. We wouldn't need a big book of Overeaters Anonymous. We would need a pamphlet. But as flimsy read is, I have to confront my prejudices about God, about this 12-step program, and I get to the point that I know I need a power. I don't get a connection with that power until I get to step 11. I have to do the steps in between. You know, for me personally, for me personally, that's one of the reasons I get frustrated when I hear people wanting to do 10 and 11, or even their sponsors telling them to do 10 and 11 when they're in the food or just getting abstinent. It made me feel like a loser because I didn't have a connection. I'm not supposed to have a connection in step two. I am supposed to be feeling desperation to need that power, which is going to propel me to step three. To me, it's like asking someone to read calculus when they're learning how to add and subtract. So lean into the step that you're in. If you're at step two, face those prejudices. If you are still suffering, I don't care if this is your first meeting, if you've been listening for a year, or you've been in and out of the rooms of Overeaters Anonymous for decades. There is a solution available to each one of us if we choose to do this work. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much, Kim. All right, so next up, Nancy P., followed by Lynn S. Good morning, Nancy. Star one, Nancy. Sorry, I was talking to myself. <laughs> um, <laughs> thanks. Good morning for everybody. Thanks for letting me share. I don't usually share on Thursdays, but this is um, one of my favorite paragraphs in the whole book um, about the flimsy read and the loving hand of God. I, um, For me, it's just, just, again, all about surrender, because I, too, was in these rooms for decades, and it never, ever worked for me, ever until I was flattened. And it's funny, somebody was talking about drowning. I, there's a beach off the south coast of Massachusetts um, that has a pretty vicious undertow. And I got caught in it once when I was 14 years old. And I was like, oh my God, I can't seem to catch my breath. I, and I was actually going to drown. And three, um, three lifeguards had to come from the shore with a rope that was tethered to the shore by a stake. And they had to tow me out. They had to like fish me out and bring me in. And um, I didn't even know I was drowning or I could have drowned. And, my, you know, my friend who was with me said, oh, I think she's in trouble out there. And they, can't, they didn't wait to find out. And, um, you know, I, I didn't know that I was drowning in my disease. I didn't even know. But I can tell you that um, when I was ready to surrender, when I surrendered, that was like grabbing onto this, this flimsy reed, which was, in fact, this strong and loving hand of God, who was protecting me even when I didn't know it, even because when I think about what would have happened in my life, what could have happened in my life, all the times when life tapped me on the shoulders and I said, no thanks, I've got this. The catastrophes that did happen 
that could have been much worse, that also was the loving hand of God. And when I was finally ready to say, wait a minute, I don't have this. I can't handle this. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, then I, I began to feel better. And, you know, I didn't feel, I didn't actually feel like it was the loving hand of God until I was in step 11, you know, and still, until I went through all those other steps, as the previous speaker was saying, I, you know, I didn't know. All I did know was that I was completely, completely desperate. I was like a naked baby in the woods. I had nothing and nobody was going to help me because I was in it by myself. And um, I, and I was caught and held and saved. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm forever grateful. I'm forever grateful. I mean, I did grasp that with all the desperation of a drowning woman because I was drowning. And what I have gotten in exchange, the only effort needed, is unfathomable. So um, anybody who's still suffering, grab it. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much, Nancy P. So next up is Lynn S. followed by Tina S. Good morning, Lynn. Good morning, Kelly. Good morning, visionaries. This is Lynn S., a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. This line has really moved me this morning, and often I hear people speaking online, and they're so articulate, and when I get really moved, I can't find the words to describe how I'm feeling, but... Prior to me coming into program, I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt the only problem in my life was food and weight. And if I could just get a handle on this, everything would be all right. And before I came into program, I had a moment of clarity. And I can remember being in my kitchen and thinking, you know, God, it can't be that, you know, you look down and you want everybody in the world to be happy, but you, Lynn Skilling, I want you to be utterly miserable. And I remember thinking there has to be something wrong with me. And coming into program, I've been given this life or a way of living that works for me, a design for living that works in the big things and in the small things. I was just thinking over the last 30 years, you know, the big things, the death of parents and getting jobs and losing jobs. and it, But it's not that. It's not the life things that happen. It's the way I feel the life things that are happening, the way I, I wanted to deal with the life things that were happening. And I can remember so many times stopping stock still and saying, I know I'm supposed to respond to this, but every response I have is usually wrong. So I'm just going to stand here because I don't know what to do. And over time, intuitively, things would change for me. And, and I would be in a similar situation where I could start to feel my heart beat fast or I knew that tension or anger or or this free-floating anxiety was coming and I, I and it would be just stock still and then all of a sudden something would come out of my mouth that was appropriate or even far better than appropriate that was God-given this grace of God and I sometimes I'd have almost like an out-of-body experience like who is that woman who's saying that life has been miraculous absolutely miraculous I love that we say it's not magic it's miraculous 
the changes that are happening. And, and it's funny, right now I'm feeling so much pressure just over a trip. But, but the pressure is incredible, and it comes and goes kind of like a roller coaster. And what always happens is when I start to feel the spin, when I start to feel the pressure build up, it's automatic now. We stop. We pause. We ask God for the right thought or action. Who would have thought of that? My normal reaction was, oh, my goodness, here it comes. So run harder, try harder, be faster. Okay, I'm going to pray now. Watch me pray here. I'm praying. I'm meditating. Am I doing it right? Here I am. Was that better? Time, please. Thank you. Now it's better. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Lynn S. Next up is Tina S., and then we'll open it up for more shares. Good morning, Tina. Good morning, Kelly. Thanks so much for your service. Tina S., Recovered Compulsive Eater, anorexic in Florida. Wow, what a great meeting so far. Uh, You know, I really love the way Bill writes. You know, he's telling us here um, the problem of our friend. He has a terrible dilemma that no matter how good his religious convictions were, you know, they didn't spell the necessary vital spiritual experience, which was the solution, you know, and... uh, and I've been there, done that, you know, and, you know, what I have to continue to tell myself is I can continue to do that today. If I don't pick up this simple kit of spiritual tools that are laid at my feet every day when I get on this line, that I could go back into that terrible dilemma, you know. So today, for today, you know, one day at a time, I choose to be the best me I can be today and to be of maximum service to God and to those about me because that's my job today. You know, once I took the third step, I had a new employer and it was a power greater than myself. You know, that does for me what I cannot do for myself, but will, will not do for me what I can. You know, and I love that it talks about, you know, that people talk about God with skin. You know, I have many of those people in my life today. And what a gift. You know, what a gift. And I also love the words, flimsy reed has proved to be the loving and powerful hand of God. You know, and then he talks about the solution. You know, they're referring to a design for living that really works. And that's the 12 steps. For me, you know, and I've, like so many other people, tried everything else, you know, did not work. And today, today I'm so grateful to be blessed, you know, to have this thing in my life that has been so freely given me and that I have an opportunity one day at a time to so freely give it away, you know, because if I'm not doing that, I'm headed backwards and we all know where that goes. And just so grateful to be a part of this group. What a wonderful experience it is every day when I, you know, dial in. And I'm just grateful. With that, I'll pass. Thanks. Well, thank you so much, Tina S. Okay, so if you're just joining us, um, we are, let's see, where are we? We're in the big book. Page 28, first paragraph. Here was a terrible dilemma, reading through two paragraphs, ending with a design for a living that really works. If you have not shared in the last couple days and would like to share today, give me your first name and last initial. Elaine B. Elaine B. Jason K. I didn't hear the guy. Jason K. Jason K. Lauren N. I could barely hear you, Donna, so do you might want to check your phone. Lauren N. Mike W. Is it Mike W.? Yes, Mike W. Okay. Craig F. Hey, Craig. Craig F. Hey. Yep.
All right. Well, we'll just stop there. If you guys can please press star one to mute your phone. Here's my lineup. Elaine B, Jason K, Donna, I think it's Donna T, I couldn't hear you very well, Lauren N, Mike W, and Craig F. We'll get started with Elaine B, followed by Jason K. Good morning, Elaine. Thank you very, very much for your I lost you, Elaine. Oh, I'm sorry. Thank you so much. Can you hear me? Yes. No. Now Sorry about that. I muted myself here. Okay. You can hear me now, right? <laughs> yes, now I can. Elaine, Elaine B. Recovered, grateful in Massachusetts. And this is a double blessing uh, here. I absolutely love the flimsy read, and I also love the design for living, which really works. Um, I had a relationship with higher power when I came in, but it was not a relationship that was big enough to accept my food and everything that drove me to the food. And so I just supersized my God, and that was really, 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 really scary for me because I sort of had a prescribed, uh, you know, it is written kind of understanding of God. And though I had built a relationship with that higher power um, over many years, I just had not... built enough to really be able to let go of Ben and Jerry and Sarah Lee and everything else that I needed to sweeten up my day um, until I had the desperation of a dying man. And, you know, in all of those years, with all of that time and religious organizations and studying uh, and trying to build a relationship with a higher power, I never found a design for living that really worked until I did these steps. I had no idea. I really thought I had it in a lot of areas. But, um, but you know, the thing is, is that flimsy read, you know, um, there was a time where I grabbed hold of it, even though it was scary for me. Uh, what I have wasn't enough. And that's exactly what it was. It did prove to be the powerful, loving hand of God. But it wasn't the only time in my life. I remember, like, three years after recovery, I found out that uh, a, a love family member had been abused, sexually abused, and it brought back some trauma from my youth, and um, God felt like a, a, a flimsy read again. But as I did the steps, I, I did a mini four-step on it, and, you know, loving, powerful hand of God got me through it. Diagnosis with cancer, oh my gosh, how am I going to do this? loving, powerful hand of God, you know, started off as a flimsy read. I, I was really dedicated to this job. I knew my higher power wanted me to leave, but I it was so tied up with my identity. And um, it took me six months to leave and six months to give notice, six months to leave, and then even longer to, to stop volunteering. And, um, you know, that that felt like a flimsy read, and I felt like my higher power was saying, let go of the read. Now really, really trust me. And so this higher power is a relationship. You know, on step two, we're just opening the door. Yeah, I'll go out on a date with you and see how this thing works, you know. And so um, the more we build that relationship, my higher power will get me through everything. He started with the food, said, I want to solve your problem with the food. But then, just like Fritz tells us, uh, God wants to help us with all of our problems today. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Elaine B. So next up, Jason K. followed by Donna T. Good morning, Jason. Good morning, Jason K. Recovered compulsive eater and bulimic. Uh, thank you uh, for calling on me, and I'm grateful to be here and participating in my recovery today. 
And, uh, you know, we talk about, this paragraph talks about a terrible dilemma um, that this person was in, all in hazard. And later on, it talks about, you know, being crushed by a self-imposed crisis. We could neither postpone or evade. And we have these alternatives to accept spiritual help. And thank God this happened to me shortly after our last vision convention in September uh, 2017. And I left that convention Sunday morning uh, feeling uh, tremendously inspired by all the speakers and seeing people that really, really knew what recovery was about. And I could see it in people's eyes and I could hear it in their voices. And um, everything about them spoke of uh, a miracle of recovery. And I left that uh, convention uh, knowing, knowing uh, in my gut and in my heart that recovery was possible. And I was binging and purging that night. And I had a sponsor lined up from the convention and I said, this is insanity. I have to stop. I'm going to start tomorrow. And the next day I binged and I purged. And I said, this is insanity. I have to stop. I can't do this. I'm going to get abstinent tomorrow. And I binged and I purged until about Thursday of that week. And then something happened. And what, what this line in the text uh, speaks to me about um, seeking escape with all the desperation of drowning men. Um, I uh, came to a place on that, I believe, Thursday, um, which I count as my abstinence uh, date, September 22nd, 2017, so absolutely desperate. I just could not keep doing what I was doing, and some miracle of grace allowed me to put the food down and uh, become willing and um, seeking, it, seeking God with the desperation of a drowning man. I had always been confused, you know, God is going to do this for us. God's going to do what we can't do ourselves and all through my accident, um, through my relapses and all my time in program, I was sitting there asking God, God, keep, keep me abstinent, help me get abstinent. And then I was resentful and angry at God for not keeping me abstinent. And I didn't understand why do I have to be willing to go to any lengths? And I honestly wasn't willing to go to any lengths. And I never really confronted that line. But on that Thursday night, I had called up a member of A Vision for You and I said, why? Why do I have to be willing to go to any lengths? And, and, and at the same time, God can do this for me, do for me what I can't do for myself. Uh, but what happened there was a leveling of my pride. I became teachable. I'd been confused about that in program for a long time. I didn't ask anybody. I wasn't ready. I wasn't willing. But I came to a point where I said, I'm willing to go to any lengths. I had a toxic relationship in my life. And I asked that same man that Thursday night, why, why do I have to give this toxic relationship up to be abstinent? And I listened, and he talked about a life of honesty and integrity. And I said, I'm done. I'm done with this relationship. Whatever it Time, takes, please. I'm willing to go to any length. And that, for me, um, was, the, was, was the turning point. Um, thank you, God, for that, and uh, thank you for this line. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much, Jason Kay. Next up, uh, I think it's Donna T. followed by Lauren N. Donna, is it T? Hi, this is Donna G. As in grateful. Oh, sorry. Um, that's okay. That's okay. And can you hear me better? Yes. Okay, because I, I know you said it was kind of low. Um, so thank you for your service. Um, I um, have a sister. I. Uh, shared before about my sister who's in recovery in another program who's my Ebby. And um, when, before I had gotten um, into into OA, she, 
I was talking to her about this disease that um, I had developed as a result of my compulsive overeating that um, very life-threatening, life um, and I was expressing to her my resentment about having this disease. We come from a very large family, and there's a lot of large people in our family, and I was pointing out people who I thought were bigger than me, ate worse than I did, that why don't they have the disease? It's just, it's not fair. It's just not fair. Why did I, you know, I'm resentful. And she said to me, I can tell you what my sponsor would say as an answer to that. And I, and I said, what would she say? And she said, she would say, because God gave you the gift, because you were the special one that God gave the gift to. And I said, well, you tell your sponsor that she's one sick woman for, for thinking that. And, um, <laughs> you know, after a few months, not even a few, a couple months in program, I've come to always introduce myself as, and that's why I say Donna with a D, grateful, and that's grateful, 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 grateful recovering, hopefully um, soon, grateful recovered, um, because I am grateful for that, because that's the drowning that was taking place in my life, and my higher power, who I call God, knew that the only thing the only thing that would get me to reach out for anything, even a flimsy read, was that desperation, that disease. And that, is, that was the gift I was given um, that led me to recovery. And as far as the loving and the, and the powerful, um, you know, I do get scared. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty early in recovery, and I do get scared about the um, powerful piece. I know the I, no experience, and I've experienced both, but I'm, I'm, I get scared. Is my God big enough to sustain this with me, you know, through my life? Um, but part of what helps me is listening every morning and hearing the powerful hand of God in all of you. And so I just, for the newcomers, I just um, really encourage you to keep coming, keep listening, um, because you will hear that power. You will hear that loving God um, on this line and that has given me so much hope that, um, you know, that my higher power will do the same for me. Um, And with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much, Donna G. Uh, Next up, Lauren N., followed by Mike W. Good morning, Lauren. Good morning, Kelly S. It's Lauren N., uh, compulsive overeater, sugar addict. Can you hear me? I can. Um, I hear a little bit of feedback. Um, you sound good. So oh, carry on. Good. <clears throat> that flimsy read. Oh boy, was that something that I can relate to? Actually, the whole thing I can relate to. Um, I'm a compulsive overeater, sugar addict from New York, and thank God for this line, and thank God for this illness. I have found. Actually, I found a God. And I found all of my, you guys, who help me every day remember that this illness is not one that you recover from, but is one that that you learn to live with and hold on to with um, the desperation of a drowning man. Um, and it's, or woman in my case. Um, I was drowning. I was drowning in my own fat. I was um, 
absolutely dying and killing myself every minute of every day. I was a a 51-year-old woman who suffered from um, diabetes and um, major health issues. I had... um, I had already had one bariatric surgery and was getting ready for another one and thought I could control my food with bariatric surgery. And oh my God, I needed to get to the point of realizing that I couldn't have one. And the only way I got there was through your voices. And that is what helped me get to this recovery where now I'm a 60-year-old woman living a life that I should have lived when I was 20 and doing it happily. I mean, I live my life every day like it is my last. And how incredible. I've lost 141 pounds from this program. You know, a little bit because because of bariatric, but most of it because of this program. And I've kept it off now for over three years. Uh, well, actually, I've kept it off for 10 years, but the journey has gone. Thank you very much, and I'll pass. Thank you so much, Lauren N. Next up, Mike W., followed by Craig F. Good morning, Mike. Yeah, good morning. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay, great. Uh, my name's Mike W. I'm a compulsive overeater from uh, White Plains, New York. Um, actually, I just want to sort of say this quickly first. Um, this morning, I'm on a long-distance vacation. I'm calling actually at this moment from Argentina, and if that kind of inspires anybody to know that you could use this line in other areas and, and the like, I just wanted to mention that first. It's it's a way of attributing, giving it back possibly in a way of saying that it works. Um, any Anyhow, um, in terms of the reading, um, I came in a little late, so I was re- skimming through it a bit as, you know, we were going along. Um, you know, it talked about a design. You, I, re- I reflected on the line design for living, and I I kind of am getting re-reminded of this with this phone line, and I've learned this early on in program that, you know, if I don't have a way of rethinking my way of doing things and rethinking all that stuff, that's really where the work comes in. That's where the work of the steps comes in. That's where the work of helping other addicts and compulsive eaters comes in. That's where the work of just changing attitudes comes in, you know, calling out. It, the work really doesn't come in so much by, you know, how I change my food plan or what I do and don't eat. It's doing all the stuff that has, has to come underneath in order to maintain that. Um, that, that's really the important thing because, you know, as an addict, my moods can go off with no apparent cause. I can sort of have, I don't have to have an outside circumstance to do that. It could just be that twist of mind that'll come naturally. And, um, so doing things like this, it just kind of reinforces the fact that, you know, each, if I don't like, you know, if I can do something like say, okay, instead of thinking of myself, what can I do for somebody else? It could just be the beginning and the start of changing my day. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Well, thank you, Mike W. And next up, we have Craig F. Good morning, Craig. Good morning, Kelly. This is Craig F., recovered in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And 
Thank you for uh, hosting the meeting this morning. I, my my dad was kind of a character sometimes, and um, he always told us that the reason we never had elephants in our yard was because he put a threw a handful of uh, rock salt out in the grass every now and then. And as proof, he'd offer the fact that we'd never seen elephants in the yard. And, uh, you know, um, we, uh, even as kids, I think we knew he was uh, being be, trying to be funny, trying to be funny. But um, the fact is that, um, uh, you know, he said this really works, right? That, uh, that there aren't any elephants. Because, and, and I look at that and I think, yeah, but we haven't really identified a, a, a real problem here, have we, you know? Um, this, in order for this to be a design for living that really works, um, it, it, we have to understand really, really works at, at what, you know? There are people without our disease that have a design for living that, that doesn't include some of the elements we consider to be essential. And, and their, their way of life, works it, it there may be ways to make it work better but but it works and and a lot of the time before the pro, before program I, I spent my time wanting to be one of them you know to be a person that didn't need uh a program this what i would consider a a, a demanding program of of recovery um in order to uh, in, in order to live, <clears throat> in other words, I I just wanted the problem to go away. Um, but the book doesn't doesn't promise us that. It does promise us recovery. This is a this is a disease we recover from. Uh, but uh, it it promises us that uh, that if we uh, maintain a spiritual way of life that uh, um, we get a daily reprieve. And and so the, this design for living that really works gives us that, that daily reprieve, the, the reprieve from, from our compulsions, the reprieve from, from this um, desire to eat compulsively that we can't control any other way. And, uh, and it allows us to handle the buildup of, human emotion that that's behind that and so um you know i i this dilemma you know my of the of religion and you know i was like this guy i i came in with i thought i had my i thought had my theology down pretty good and i had my uh religious uh time affiliation please pretty, oh thank you but my first sponsor said to me if i knew half as much as i thought i knew or or that I wouldn't be where I was at doing what I was doing. So with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Craig S. So we have time for like two two-minute shares for anybody who hasn't shared in the last this couple Larry. of would like to Martha P. And Reva P. Okay, so you got two minutes, Larry. Okay, th thanks. Uh, thanks, Kelly, for your service. Larry K. Recovered. You know, um, if I if I use these steps, when I think about these such great shares this morning, when I, if I use the steps as kind of a checklist to, to get what I want, which is an outcome, I never changed. I never changed internally when I was using the steps that way. 
I suppose that maybe God, you know, the God of my understanding needed for me to learn patience and needed for me to, to learn a new way of living. I needed to be inwardly restructured. I guess I wasn't desperate enough to want that. I kept hearing, I heard a few people talk about it, that this was going to be an inward change where our, our old ideas and attitudes and emotions and said were going to change and they were going to be they were going to be supplanted by new ideas and attitudes. And we were, going to, we, we were going to change in a way, a sustainable way, and that somehow God was going to make that change possible. Of course, we had to row our boat. We had to do the work. But I used the steps, as I used most things, to get an outcome that I wanted. Don't I deserve it? Isn't it my time? Isn't it my turn? And I kept stepping on the toes of others, I kept, I continued to be selfish. I continued to be dishonest. I had not experienced a change. Either God is or God isn't. If God is and these steps produce that change, then clearly I had to begin to see those changes manifest as a result of the work. If I'm not following the instructions precisely, forget about the flimsy read or any, anything. I'm, I'm not changing. And that's why I never, I never got that outcome. How interesting, how fascinating to me that I began to get the outcome when I stopped chasing after it. And all I, all I did was I did the work and I experienced a true change. Everything else was temporary sobriety for me prior to that. With that, I pass. Thanks. Thanks, Larry. Next up, Reva P. Reva, you got two minutes. Good morning. This is Reva P., grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Toronto. The concept of drowning is really speaking to me this morning. And when I think of drowning, it's sort of like that imagery of quicksand. The harder I try, the more effort I put in, the more I sink. And that's what it was like with the food. And that's what it's like with a lot of my living problems. I try harder, I try harder, I try harder, and it gets worse. Um, And, you know, it really did seem, seem like a flimsy read when I was trying to control with calorie counting and all kinds of plans and I try to control people and issues in my life and I think it's about the external circumstances and efforting Um, and it seems so flimsy to say it's all about a connection with this abstract higher power but it really seemed flimsy But when I go from step two there and I actually do the work and I get to step 11 and I get to the end of the sentence, the proof, the evidence that I see in the people who have what I want and the people who are recovered is that it works. And it's not flimsy at all. It's really quite powerful that I take the focus off of me. I take the focus off of the problem and trying to make it turn out the way I want which is my natural inclination, and I focus on accessing God by eliminating all my blockages, and things seem to work out. And the last thing I'll say is it's all about the seeking. We're seeking and seeking, and I never stop seeking, um, which implies I have to keep taking action. Um, So I'm grateful for for the reminder of the solution to all my problems because I thought it was a food problem, but it really was a living and a big thinking problem. And with that, I pass. Perfect. Thank you so much, Reva P., and thanks for everybody who shared. 
great meeting. Um, let's see, where are we? So, all right, thank you to everyone who shared. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour study immediately following closing. The share ID for today, May 23rd, 2019, 12947. 12947. So we will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Cat C please read a vision for you? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Hey, Kat, press star one. Can you hear me? Yes. Great, thanks. Hi, this is Kat C., recovered in New York. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who's still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until 